Episode 1 of Unnatural, Not From Around Here, a podcast about the diverse stories that surround American immigrants and how those experiences fit into the national story about immigration. This is the story of Susan. My name is Marina Garcia, and I am an American Studies and Gender Studies major at California State University, Long Beach. In Unnatural, I will be discussing the themes that surround immigration in American culture, including questions about citizenship and cultural disparities between immigrants and birthright citizens. In episode one of Unnatural, I will be interviewing Susan, who immigrated to the United States from Edinburgh, Scotland. Susan has been a friend of my family for about 18 years, as her younger daughter, Kirsty, is the best friend of my younger sister, Fiona. As young children, our families lived next door to one another in an apartment complex in Huntington Beach, California. Both of Susan's children are first-generation Americans, as she and her husband are both international citizens. Susan, of course, from Scotland, and her husband George being from Peru. Susan gave me some background information on her life prior to immigrating, her reasons for coming to the United States, and what her ideas of America were like before she lived here. My name is Susan Monroe. I am 52 years old, and I am from Edinburgh, Scotland. All right. What's Edinburgh like? Edinburgh is... Yeah, I'm going to describe Edinburgh. It's a beautiful city. It's a very old city. But it's also... It's it's a big city, but it's very much small town mentality. Huh. It's very... I would say kind of conservative in a way. But, um... It's a beautiful city, you know. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah. What was your education like? I graduated high school, and I have an, the equivalent of an associate's degree. Okay. Where did you go to school at for college? It was called Stevenson College. It was in Edinburgh. Okay. It was a two-year... Junior college. Junior, yeah, junior college. Okay. Um... What motivated you to move to America? I had a friend from college who came out here to California to work as a nanny. And that's what my associate's degree is in, is like early childhood education. And she moved out here to work as a nanny and we kept in touch. She was out here for a couple of years and then she came back home for a year and after a year at home, she said, you know, I'm going to go back. Do you want to come with me? I, I had a really good job at the time. I was, had, I was working in a special, um, a, a, well, it was defined as a special school. It's a speci- basically a special education school. Okay. Um, but, you know, I was 25. I wasn't dating anyone, I wasn't married, and I thought, why the hell not? <laughs> you know, it's like adventure, you know? Yeah. So basically, I quit my job and came out here, and that was it. Susan's reasons for immigrating were a little bit different than the narrative that I was used to hearing from the media about immigrants. 
In her article on immigration, Etna Labade discusses the theories surrounding the decisions to immigrate to the U.S. Poverty, repression, violence, the promise of a better life, all theories that I've heard. But Susan didn't even plan on immigrating. She just came for an adventure. From when you were a kid and, and you think back of stories that you heard about America and American people, mm-hmm. what, what was it that you always thought America and American people were like? <laughs> I know, it's a funny question. Um, I think Americans were always thought of as kind of arrogant and kind of... <laughs> I mean, I'm being brutally honest, yeah. but arrogant and just full of themselves, honestly. That's that... just how they were always portrayed. Like, everything was bigger and better in America. And it's really not. It's really the same. <laughs> you know, it's... So it doesn't hold true? No, it really doesn't hold true, but that's how they're portrayed. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie describes what it means to have a single story in her TED Talk, and... Why it is never an accurate reflection of something, someone, or somewhere. There's always more to the story, essentially. Adichie talks about her own single stories of other places, such as Mexico. The story she has always held was the idea of the abject immigrant. And she was shocked at the life and culture that is part of Mexico. I, too, am equally as guilty of holding single stories about places and culture. Mostly... Because of how I was raised, I also have been on the other side, specifically when people ask me how I could be Mexican if I have white skin and blonde hair. The one thing I can never control is how my DNA presents itself in my physical appearance. Adichie also goes on to explain how she has never held a single story of America because America holds so much significant cultural and economic power that they as a nation make sure it that everyone knows their stories, be it from books, films, television, and other media. The implication is that money controls the narrative put out to the rest of the world, which is definitely in line with Susan's own story of America, that everything was bigger and better here in America, and that American people were arrogant for thinking as much. But as Susan says, that narrative does not hold true. One of the most important things to understand about Susan and her husband's relationship to the United States is that they are both undocumented immigrants. This has affected both of them to great extent, with numerous sacrifices having been made in their lives to protect their livelihood. Do you or did you ever regret moving to America? Um, At any point in time. Could have changed. Yeah... I think, like I said, I think when things happen at home and you know that you can't go. Like I said, when my grandparents died. I couldn't go when my brother died. That was the worst. Mm -hmm. That was worse than my grandparents because that was unexpected and, Mm -hmm. you know, just... That was, I mean, knowing that that was going on at home and that I couldn't just 
take up, you know, go get a, a plane ticket and go. Mm-hmm. You know, that at that point, it's like, why did I even, you know, come here? Mm-hmm. You know, because that, that hits you hard when, yeah. you know, you can't go and be with your family. Yeah. So, yeah. How long Sorry. have you lived here? It's okay. You need a minute? We're good. You good? Yeah. Okay. I know it's a tough it's a tough one. We're good. I'll give you a second. <sighs> Alright, I'm good. Alright. So how long had you lived here when that stuff started happening? Losing family members? Oh, uh, let's see. My grandfather died when the kids were kind of little. Um, I think Eric was about maybe seven or eight when my grandfather died. And then a couple of years after that, my grandmother died. And then um, about 11 years ago was when my brother died. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that, that was the toughest one. Yeah. The you know the grandparents you know they were old and you know we it makes we kind of expected it for a, especially my grandmothers we every time my mom called I was expecting her to tell me that she had passed because she was old and she had dementia and we were kind of prepared for that. Yeah. But um, I mean, we weren't prepared for my brother. Yeah. That's for sure. How many know? siblings do you have? Three brothers. Three brothers. Yeah. Yeah. You seem like someone who grew up with lots of brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not ultra feminine, no. which I think is something that comes with the territory when yeah, you have lots of sisters. Had, I had to grow up tough. Yeah. You know, having three brothers. Are they all know, older? It was two older, one younger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, they were not nice brothers to me either. They were... It's probably because they're Scottish. I had to <laughs> fight for yeah. everything. Oh, it my sounds God. sounds about right. I mean, well, you know how many sisters I have, so <laughs> same. It's just they're a little more catty. <laughs> um, do you have to miss anything? Obviously, missing, um, missing the passing of family members is difficult. Did you have to miss other events, too, like weddings and whatnot? Yeah, of course. You yeah. know, when my little brother got married, and, you know, it's... Then you know when he had his son, and you know you miss all of that. Yeah, you know it's hard. Not, not it's getting hard to see not, nieces yeah. and nephews and stuff. Exactly makes sense. Yeah. Though she made many sacrifices since coming to the U.S., Susan still struggles with being undocumented. Edna LeBade discusses in Immigration that the phrase "undocumented" refers less to an actual type of person, but rather to the nation's way of determining who is legitimate and who isn't. And while the government continues to deny undocumented people many rights, such as the ability to access public assistance for food, housing, and health care, they continue to exploit undocumented people for cheap, under-the-table domestic work and hard labor. Susan worked as a nanny in many wealthy households of Hollywood's elite for over 25 years, and only recently decided to leave full-time employment for health concerns. She put in many hours, was treated poorly by employers, not paid legally or fairly, but never once complained. 
She waited over a quarter century for someone to be able to sponsor her application for citizenship, only to now live in a climate of aggression and fear toward anyone undocumented. But were the sacrifices worth it? Susan's answers make me think yes. She arrived with $1,000 in her pocket and no job or plans, and after 25 years has created a life, started a family, owned a business with her husband, purchased a home, had grandchildren, and contributed to her society via taxes and community service. The next step is citizenship, hopefully, and while Susan doesn't anticipate any problems due to her place of origin, she is still unsure about her husband's. So what, and I think we kind of already answered this, but just to, to reiterate, what are you most proud of? Outside, it could be outside of like the kids, because obviously those are a, a given. What am I most proud of? Since Since coming here, of course. The fact that you know George and I have made it as undocumented, you know, to this point in our lives, yeah, you know, we've made it work. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a pretty nice life. I think that I think I'm pretty proud of that. The okay. fact that I came here with, like I said, a thousand bucks in my pocket, and here we are. Yeah, sitting and, in your gorgeous living room at your nice <laughs> apartment, and yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of that, you, you know. Got a kid in college and yes. another kid who's parenting an awesome little boy and yeah. Yeah. has his own place now with yeah. his girlfriend. So We're yeah. Yeah. We're I think we've done all right. That's good. <laughs> Despite all of the challenges Susan and her family have faced as a family of immigrants, Her story is a unique and blended perspective that strays from the traditional immigrant narrative, and that is all I can hope I've conveyed to those listening today. I want to thank Susan, not only for being a wonderful interviewee, but for also being a great friend. And thank you to anyone listening to our story here today. I hope that Susan's story has reminded you that no two immigrant stories are the same, and that They all need to be heard.